0: Welcome to Ruminations from the Red Room. I'm your host, Mitch Proctor, and today we're bringing to you another introductory episode. One of the shows that I've been waiting to introduce and waiting to get on uh, since they pitched it, since since it uh, was birthed from their fertile minds. What we have here today, folks, is... Uh, you know, I'm going to wait and let them introduce the name of their show. I'm going to let them, although come to think of it you probably already saw it in the title of this episode so without further ado we have the one and only six button samurai
1: welcome hey. hello <laughs> how are you doing mitch
0: i'm doing well man i'm doing well i'm so excited to get your voice uh down on tape as it were, and, and hear what you have to say. And I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this episode so that we can kind of throw that out there for everyone because I know there was a lot of folks who really loved your other show, The Six Button Samurai. And uh, if I'm to be honest, I kind of hope in the back of my mind that one day we get a few extra episodes just to close it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, it be... Let me explain a little bit about where that process went. Like, yeah. That was... That got kind of deep and really personal and intense in a really specific way. And there are things that I would like to do with some of the things that I unearthed in that process at a later time. But while I was doing that, I was like, you know what? Like this is making me think about a whole lot of stuff that I haven't thought about in a really long time and a whole lot of absolutely great times that I had going on. 15, 20 years ago. And so, one of the people that kept bouncing back into my head is the co host of the new show. Um, You know, I've known him for a quarter of a century now. And, you know, he's still very much a, up to the moment, sort of modern gamer, completely with it, very big on the Nintendo Switch, that sort of thing. I'm a little more on the retro end of things, but it just occurred to me that, like, you know, he left for Japan in 2007 to teach English. He's been there ever since um, thriving, lives in the city of Osaka today. Wow, since 2007? Yes. Time flies. It really, really does. And so I thought, given the way that we record this show— It would be a perfect opportunity for us to collaborate and use the sort of inherent flexibility of the the Internet to catch up on a biweekly basis and talk about games from obviously a, a little bit of a cooler head perspective. I mean, I know that with Internet based media like this, you know, the big thing is like the hot take, you know, the reaction, the going off about on things. And um I think he and I bring something a little bit different to the table. So the new show is called, Oh God, it hurts. (laughs) And my co-host is, uh, Mr. Game Agent ET, Eddie Tang. Say hello to people, Ed.
2: Oh, hey everyone. It's glad to, glad to be here. And, uh, thank you to James for asking me to come on to, uh, become a co-host on our show. And I'm really excited. Uh, As James mentioned, uh, I moved uh, from Arizona to Japan. I've been here over 14 years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen, you know, things uh, in Japan that are quite different from what I've experienced in my first, what, 30 years in America. And I'm excited to kind of you know have some friendly banter with my good old buddy james and mitch (laughs) it's great to talk with you again it's been a while since i've actually chatted with you and uh i wish i could uh see you again but because of the pandemic it might be a little bit longer <laughs> but it's just great know, that, all we need
1: is a counter and some you know uncooperative customers and it would yeah. kind of like store. yeah <laughs>
2: oh, by, by the way can i uh chime in and say that uh the way mitch was uh he and i used to work at a store called software etc and uh oh, he we'll was the yeah he was <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sorry to dox you. Wee! I mean, uh he uh, and I worked at some, you know, bar. <laughs> 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 the that had uh, the, the video games and
1: uh you know, so, yeah.
2: Sorry about that. <laughs> but anyways, yes, Mitch and I used to work together, and he was yeah. Great good times were had, man.
0: Yeah, it's. It's crazy how, how time flies and how just getting on and and hearing your voice and it it just all comes flooding back and it feels like no time has passed at all. Although you've had like a world of adventures and you are kind of right now in what many would consider the motherland of all gaming. I I mean, for me, that's, that's really, really cool. I think that's really exciting. Is it something that you still recognize on a day-to-day basis while you're there or have you become a little bit more um, immune to living in the home of gaming
2: the only thing i've been immune to ever since i got here was uh collecting figures (laughs) once (laughs) i got here i mean i think you've seen my collection before or pictures of it or whatnot i used to collect all these anime and game figures and then
0: yeah follow game agent et on instagram (laughs) thank you you.
2: (laughs) but when i uh ended up here in japan uh number one living quarters is uh, a lot smaller and number two it's like since they're everywhere you can just literally just go take a train ride and just buy whatever you want it doesn't feel as special anymore so i ended up not really buying as many figurines if any at all but i definitely still buy the games it's just a weird thing that uh kind of happened to me when I moved here but definitely it's still exciting to live here because of the uh, language uh, obstacles and challenges that I meet every day and also the uh, just the amount of events I've experienced that I could never do uh, back home and experiencing some trends that uh, you couldn't even have in America like uh, for example video game bars they used to be a thing and uh, that was until uh, Nintendo and Sony started cracking down on them. I'm sure uh, some people read about it on websites like Kotaku, where, you know, government started to intervene and shut them down. <laughs> and now there's not very many of them left.
0: Well, so. for the sake of the audience, what what do you mean by a video game bar? Not an arcade, but a video game bar. What's the diff?
2: Well, basically, uh, what people would be able to do is uh, they would come in and... Uh, the atmosphere, of course, has like video game, uh you know, trinkets and uh decorations and such. But at the same time, they would have consoles that you can sit down and while you're drinking, play a few games on current and retro consoles. And then what happened was there was a crackdown because uh, it's this is, I guess, the rumor, but quite possibly Nintendo and Sony didn't like how people could circumvent uh, the online fees that you would have to pay to play online. And mm-hmm. they would go to video game bars to play these games instead and give those people money. So
1: like just why. squeezing off the bars, PSN account or whatever, instead exactly. of having their own. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: Mm. So that was mostly the reason why they got shut down
0: would be something similar to like um public performance of recorded music or playing a, a film um where you're not paying for the rights and there's just no were they upset about the fact that people were able to just play a bunch of different games they didn't have to buy anything they didn't have to pay for it so it was kind of an access thing
2: you know it was kind of like that but there was like a kind of a silent agreement where it's like you don't step on our toes hard and we're not gonna come down on you but when it okay. came to people being able to play online for for basically buying some drinks, and they weren't getting any money past their way, yeah, that's when things got you know a little. You gotta hairy. give the
0: big boys a taste, right? Otherwise, they're gonna yeah. come at you. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So all right, now it's like, well, maybe they'll have it so that oh, if you wanna come to our bar we have nice decorations but we don't have any <laughs> systems for you
0: to play on unless you bring your own <laughs> and it's is kind that of a, a with more, the switch yeah that's a little bit more prevalent thing in uh in Japan uh, people playing uh socially with handhelds and uh, meeting in bars and hanging hanging out and playing together well actually I, mean, I guess during covid times it's a little bit different for everyone right yeah
2: until until covid hit actually the video game bars started to convert into board game bars and Hmm. gaming PC bars. So interesting. Yeah. With PC, it's like most of the devs are overseas and they don't care. So it's like, sure. Yeah. You can have people. We're not going to crack down on you. I mean, you're in Japan. We're outside of Japan. We're not going to do anything. So that's what happened. And board game bars, um, Like I said, before COVID happened, uh, yeah, everyone started flocking to them because that was a great way to meet people. And board games from all over the world, they were just interesting because they had different types of rules and it kind of introduced like even different cultures, like the way games are played and the styles of, you know, the board games that were made. Yeah, that became really popular. And hopefully uh, after COVID passes, you know, they'll get popular again, but as of right now, the video game bars themselves are far in view between, and they're either really underground, or uh, they actually probably paid some licensing fees, royalty fees, so that they can uh, actually operate. (laughs) But they only have certain games.
0: Like, uh, um, what do you see is, like, the correlation, then, between, like, um, this... this the the growth of drinking arcade bar. i mean are arcades ever coming back i mean in the in that form or not um the board game thing i think we've seen a few of those things in like dessert places there were some places in tucson even that did that yeah you know, but, but do you think uh and, and you know we're actually kind of getting ahead of ourselves here from what i wanted to talk about but what ed is describing do you see that ever making a comeback in the states
1: i you know it's so difficult um you know, there's a couple of arcade bars in the state of Arizona, including one in Tucson. Oh, yeah, Cobra. Co- yeah. And um, it's tough because I think ultimately what happens is, like, if we're using Cobra as an example, like, it winds up being more of a nightclub that happens to have arcade games rather than being, like, an arcade that happens to have drinks. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, sure. like,
1: Like, in terms of the vibe, it still winds up becoming more about who's DJing that night, what the drink specials are, you know, how many girls are going to show up. Like, So
0: is that kind of really nerd-telling of me? Is it, like, really showing my nerddom, the fact that even on, like, the loudest nights there, I still saw it more as an arcade with drinks? Rather than a nightclub, <laughs> I mean, I know. Like my attitude going into it was like it's to me, it's still an arcade. So I guess it's perception.
1: Right, I mean, right. right. I mean, I guess it just um, no. It, I would love to see those things succeed more, but uh, the the barriers for it are just so tall. I mean, number one, like there's very few new arcade games being made. And I think that's a real challenge because like the whole sort of life cycle of like a game comes in, it's hot for a while, then maybe it cools off and the operator decides to make it cheaper or possibly move it all together or convert it into something else. Like Mm -hmm. the life cycle and the demands of maintenance for those things are really it's a tall order to keep those things working and i'll be honest i think the last time i went to that arcade like some of the games that i wanted to play were out of order and that's a bummer man you know what i mean yeah, So, yeah i don't know like i would love for that to happen but by the same token like the console market is just so sophisticated now and there's mm-hmm. so many offerings every single month depending on like basically whatever you're into i mean that's kind of the 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 upside of this generation of gaming is that you can get access to a lot of things to play for not a lot of money depending on what your tastes are you know if you have to play everything yes that continues to be a very expensive proposition yeah but um there really is something for everybody you know the the downside of that, as Ed and I have touched on in our show a little bit to to this point um, is that The ownership question in terms of digital ownership and rights to your library and what happens when a console becomes legacy. I mean, there was the whole thing with the p s three and Vita markets going down. And yeah. everybody raised, rose a, a stink about it. People were angry and they sort of backed off, but like the plan is still to phase those out at some point. So mm. I don't know, like I'm. There are a definitive. lot of issues with the, there really, with the really industry, are. Right?
0: There are so many different topics. Yeah. And I know yep. that,
1: you know, you and I are definitely the kind of people that we love having our library around because we don't want anybody to tell us like, I don't want the game maker to be the <laughs> one to say, well, that's not available for you anymore. Like, oh, I want man. to just reach over on my shelf and grab it and put it in
2: play. Oh, yeah. Stop Stop the uh, oppression. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. My game and then... is my, my body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what were you talking about? I don't even remember now, Ed. blew it up.
0: You know, let me, let me ask, let me ask the question just, to, just really quickly. Here's, here's the, <laughs> the nasty one. Do you feel a certain amount? Uh, and I, I ask this because I can tell you, honestly, I, I'm a little guilty of this myself, even sometimes uh, maybe not with games or arcades or anything, but with, with music and, and um, recorded media things, do you sometimes feel um, a certain amount of ownership or um, membership and having been around when arcades were were grand, do you? I'm not saying that you want them. You just said that you wanted them to succeed, but do you feel a, a certain amount of exclusivity, elite status of having been there, and and now you see like young up and comers trying to 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 play games, or do you really feel like games are for everyone?
1: I really, I really do feel like they're for everyone, and I want people to, you know, I mean. I know both of you by virtue of my adventures in gaming. I mean, Mitch, I met Mm -hmm. you at the store that shall not be named. Uh, (laughs) Eddie, I met you at the even worse store at which I used to work, which (laughs) will also not be named. Yep. Um, But, you know, I also had seen you around at a variety of arcades. And so, uh, I don't know. Like, I would love for that same sort of organic process of like true believing people who, who you have things in common with to occur for younger people. Because I think sometimes, you know, that whole sort of artificially driven social media landscape, like it's difficult. I mean, I, I, I hate that, you know, that becomes more of the common space than, you know, a place for people to go after school, you know what I mean? Um, So I, I legitimately would like people to be able to have that experience. It's just that there's so many obstacles against it ever really taking root the way it once did. Yeah,
2: yeah, man. I I I, 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 I definitely want inclusion as well because the more, the merrier. And also, it's just the, the fact that, I mean, games are a part of our life now. Maybe twenty, thirty years ago it wasn't viewed as that like uh, but now it's like, hey, it's kind of like synonymous with movies and t v and right, you and know, we saw this
0: coming, yeah, all of us at this table today, mm-hmm. we knew that that day w- was on the horizon, I mean, if we look back to like uh the late nineties and things as as uh you know, I have loved to remember back to nine nine ninety nine was like the biggest day in entertainment for like. Yeah. Five minutes or whatever. Um,
1: <laughs> Dreamcast Dave.
0: It was a BFD
1: me. for months, man. What's that? <laughs> I said it was a BFD for months, yeah. man. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so I think I think you're right, Eddie. I think that you know games are a part of like you well, know, like there are plenty of folks who, who would previously never have touched a game or didn't claim to be gamers or wouldn't game, and they all play games on Facebook or play on games on their phone. Gaming is a part of life.
1: Yeah. My mom, her first console was a Nintendo Switch. (laughs) Yes. And she has been playing Animal Crossing steadily since it dropped. Gorgeous. And she was like Pestering me with questions about the DLC yesterday. And I was like, I'd have to stop and look it up, man. Like, that's not my thing.
2: I I wish my mom would pester me with those questions. I I would answer them easily.
1: That's an extraordinarily funny problem for me to have all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So I, I love that. And I love that, you know, the. The ecosystem of gaming is so big and has so many different things to offer people that you know my sixty-six-year-old mom can take it up and just be like, "Oh, I like this. This is fun. I'm going to do this every day." Well, she I has mean, thirty-eight million bells. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know you could collect
2: so many. I thought it yeah. like had a limit.
1: <laughs> my my city, you know, we I. It was her birthday last week, so we had a little dinner thing, and my sister was just like, you need to kick me down some of that. I gave you ore. I gave you all this stuff, and you were starting out, and you need to hook that up, man. That's hilarious. Oh, man. And, and your face and then just, just like, what? it's It's great, you know? It's just uh, – it's It's a kind of thing that I legitimately never thought I'd see, but yeah, you know I think it is a testament to just how interesting and diverse the offerings are now, even if there are these sort of strange ownership issues that you know we're going to have to figure out or yeah. you know navigate when they eventually bite us in the ass
2: but yeah. but just to add a little bit of what you said, um I mean uh I'm a teacher at a elementary school right now in in Osaka and uh a lot of these kids they're you know really into games now and more than ever kids want to be like uh people who stream on youtube or twitch and want to play games for a living and i think that's great because you know it gives them another venue another way of you know succeeding in life and i think uh you got to foster that. And uh, it's because, you know, with some of the jobs that, you know, have been popular over the years, like, oh, I want to be a baseball player or I want to be a doctor, or things like that. I mean, those make money. But I like how kids here in Japan are kind of like steering more towards like, oh, well, maybe I'll have some fun and make money in the process, because I mean, YouTube money is nothing to sneeze at, right?
0: I mean Well, um, you know, if, if I can, yeah, you know, I, w- I would like to just send out a message to those kids. One of those other dream jobs is rock star, and yeah. uh, sometimes that doesn't happen either. So yeah. I'm just sorry. I, was just saying, I dreamt of that. So but but, but but YouTube, man, YouTube, anyone can do it. YouTube, anyone can do it. <laughs> anyone. Anyone so what are you yeah. saying about my rock here, Eddie? <laughs> no, 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 no. You can do I'm not gonna
2: I'm not gonna tell you what
0: you can't do. Oh, thanks, man. You. You're always going to be a little Aussie to me, man. <laughs> right. So you guys, um, I think throughout all that, we really kind of covered what the impetus, the drive to do this show really is. It sounds to me like both of you just want to share that love of gaming, share that passion and that exciting excitement. Would that be correct?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think – People can just look at this as this bi weekly opportunity to check in with a couple of old friends who are catching up on the world of gaming, maybe have a slightly cooler take on things, sort of tinted by nostalgia, a bit of a bit of wand, but also just still a whole lot of joy for what's possible with these machines. And, um, you know, even uh, I'm going to obviously wind up talking a lot about all these strange new things that are happening in the world of retro games today. I mean, there's literally more to play on whatever old platform you were into then now. And that's weird and wonderful to me. And I'm going to wind up talking about that a lot. And, you know, obviously Eddie's perspective being across the pond in the beating heart of the mothership is going to yield a lot for our listeners. Yeah, I think
0: so. Oh, oh man, can I send you some money and maybe you can grab me like a Darkstalkers statue?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> depends on which one. Like uh, <laughs> if it's not like uh, equivalent to a thousand dollars, which
0: I've seen before. But yeah, I'll try to help I, you out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you, you talk, you talk about joy, James. Um, if there are any that you can think of that you haven't already, or even if you have already shared them on your. Uh, other show what are some of your both of you what are your like your happiest gaming memories like do you have anything that really uh resonates to this day something that you look back on and you recognize as being something that got you into gaming
1: um do you have anything right on the tip of your tongue ed
2: i do but it's not something that's from back then it was something that happened when i came to japan can i explain real quick yeah all right okay so As mentioned before, I came to Japan in 2007, and I couldn't believe the timing of this, but basically, uh, in 2008, they were starting to have uh, location tests for Street Fighter 4 in game centers, uh, and we hadn't seen, uh, up to that time, uh, a new Street Fighter game in about 10 years. The last game that came out before that was Street uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. So when I heard this news, I was just so excited and I lived in the sticks. I lived in a prefecture called Fukui and I was looking up ways to get to these location tests by a bullet train and I had traveled to places like Tokyo, Osaka, which I now live in and uh, Nagoya just to play this game early before anyone could and this was also a time where uh three fighter four was exclusive after its release to game centers in japan for at least one year before it came out to home consoles so for a whole year i was playing uh this game uh, uh before most countries could even play it and it was just an amazing experience um i also became more uh, kind of like an informant uh, because uh, if you guys remember a website called shoryuken.com, they had like this forum and uh, it was very uh, well populated with uh, a lot of aficionados of the series and uh, we had our little thread, the SRK Japan thread. And then we talked about, uh, there was a bunch of us that met up uh, in... Tokyo and Osaka played the game on location test and then like tell everyone exactly uh how we felt about the game and what kind of new things we were seeing and just it was incredible we were getting all these questions like oh dude can you try this in the arcade with this character blah <laughs> blah blah and then like uh just the overall excitement was great because like I said it, Street Fighter is my favorite video game series of all time and it was just an honor to be able to not only play the game the you know Street Fighter 4 for before most other people but just experiencing that very very rare moment where you're kind of part of a a group that you know gets a little bit of a special special thing
1: you were you know. on the bleeding edge of this really yeah. important thing that was like the resurrection of something that you held dear, dear anyway, you know.
2: Yeah, because we wow. were starving. Ten years, man. <laughs> Ten years and no Street Fighter. Oh my that god, that was really
1: like the dark decade for fighting games, period, exactly. Because SK, as we knew it, had died off. Capcom had released a couple of things after, like the last really big thing they had released is probably Capcom versus SNK two, but it began to trail off after that with SNK being gone. And they released this horrible thing called Capcom fighting evolution that pretty much put a big old nail in the coffin yeah. uh, for the genre for a while. So yeah, exactly. I, so, I can see why that would have been such a, Oh my God, kind of moment where you're seeing, we were, some... we were
2: begging for rain, man. We were begging <laughs> for rain so bad. And the yeah. only thing that was semi current that, was limited mostly to Japan was a uh, Virtual Fighter 5 I believe that was in game centers when I came to Japan in 2007 mm-hmm. but I don't believe it was out in home systems yet God, it took a while cool. actually yeah it took I a remember. while to hit
1: PS3 and then the later online version for 360
2: yeah so yeah it was quite a drought but yeah that was my <laughs> that was my moment of glory as a gamer it was just great and yeah. I'll never experience something like that ever again, I don't think.
0: Uh, never say never. Well, yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah, really? I guess not, but
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I was at the right place, right time. That is really cool. How about you, James? James?
1: I had a moment in, in on a related note. Um I can't even remember the name of the tournament because there was this fighting game tournament that was held in Phoenix. Uh, and I want to say it was like just before, or no, it would have been after. It would have been after the home versions of Street Fighter 4 hit because we were. This is when I was doing some work for my friends at Arcade in the Box. And um, we went upstate because we had a booth and we were selling these joysticks for Xbox 360 and PS3. But there was also a tournament on the. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD remix. And we went up there with a bunch of people that like they were way more into like the fighting game community than I was because I was like, all right, like I used to play a lot of Street Fighter in the 90s. It had been some time, but like the release of that game kind of had me like, oh, like I can actually play this online now and scrap against people. Like that's pretty cool. And so between that game coming out and then us having a lot of casual matches in the shops, like you would have to test the stick after you wired it, you know? So that would wind up, you know, we'd wind up playing a lot after. And um, everybody that was sort of in our click with the arcade in the box folks was freaking out because my first match, I got matched up against this, well-known California FTC pro. And it was funny because they told me that and they were just like, oh my God, you're, you're matched up against this guy. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I didn't, like, it wasn't even like that interesting to me because I didn't know who the hell he was. Um, and I managed to beat him and they are just freaking the hell out. And wow. I'm just like, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> is, that,
0: is that like me jamming with like a minor guitar god? Not quite like Zach Wilde, but like jamming with, you know,
1: kind of kind of like that, and like keeping <laughs> up. You know yeah. what I mean? And so yeah. the people around you that understand what's happening are freaking out, you yeah. know, but you're just kind of like, oh, I'm just uh, that's sure. that's my E Honda. You know what's what's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah, e-, e Honda's pretty nasty, man. I am
1: <laughs> personal experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> not fun <laughs> used to be uh cammy against the hams oh it's a horrible matchup <laughs> terrible matchup
0: i mean why right. play but it was fun why but play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, i love how well, how well you guys know each other's characters and know what to expect uh that actually kind of leads into my next question and uh if you could could game with any developer or one single like uh game legend who who would that be if you could play against somebody mm.
2: uh for me i yeah. would uh definitely love to play with uh arino cacho from game center cx <laughs> if you know <laughs> the tv show the chief yes the <laughs> chief yeah if uh you don't know uh, it's a guy uh who plays retro games and he's not great but he's very endearing because he tries really hard and uh his tv show in japan is really well made where it also becomes like a history lesson it talks about you oh, know cool. the roots of the game and uh talks with developers about how why they made the game things like that and even they he even visits uh game centers are across japan you know and even around the world sometimes when he makes uh special trips but yeah the guy is definitely awesome he's a legend if you haven't seen game center cx yet i highly recommend trying to find a way to watch it
1: yeah, i have it. a completely torrented stash it i mean i have a fully legal yeah, <laughs> yeah. copy of that yeah, you, you, you
2: bought it with english subtitles that magically appeared on it
1: Yes. Yep. Oh yeah, the the oh, dark side. <laughs> that show that's such a great answer. I just, yeah, that show yeah, is such um, a delightful that, rabbit. There, hole. There's
2: going to be a lot of uh maybe censoring in this uh podcast today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of things you're gonna have to
2: blur out. Or um, mind tricks. Yeah. You didn't hear this.
1: You did <laughs> not hear this.
2: I'm gonna wave my hand. Don't you did not hear the this.
1: Podcast. <laughs> um oh man. You know, there's one name that sticks out to me um, just because so many of his early works were games that I absolutely loved. There was a developer by the name of Yoshiki Okamoto, and he actually started at Konami and made the first game that I absolutely loved the pieces in the arcade, which was Time Pilot. Um, um yes shortly thereafter he wound up going over to capcom where he made games like Gunsmoke and final fight and of course street fighter 2 um i would love to play two player with him on final fight and <laughs> just have him tell me things about hmm. the development well, of I that can- game um i think that would be like my if I could like consult like it have a like an afternoon jam with a legend, I think that would be that would be that thing. That's pretty cool.
2: Isn't yeah. he uh now a developer for uh Monster Strike, which is a mobile game here in Japan? And I think you can I, play it also in uh the US and other countries. I think so. Yeah. I heard that's it was quite popular back in, you know, about eight, ten years ago. I don't remember when it came out, but when it came out it was quite popular. I don't know about now though but yeah. yeah it's
1: hard to know cuz i mean so many of those greats that were once you know firmly ensconced at companies like capcom and konami and the like have just scattered i mean it's been it's been a really difficult like business climate for all of those japanese developers i mean that whole arrangement is just very very different than it once was
2: but hopefully they'll resurface uh in the ways like uh uh, Igarashi-san did when uh, he made bloodstained, right? I
1: mean, yeah, there's always hope. No, for that. I mean he led a very successful Kickstarter for that—a Kickstarter that was, yeah, um, wound up actually fulfilling much of its promise, unlike a variety of others that shall remain also remain nameless. Item <laughs> um, <laughs> <did> number nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't bring
2: back those old memories, man. All I got was yeah. a T-shirt and a box and a manual. And I ordered the three DS version and that never came to fruition. So all yeah. that I got were those items and it Angry them. Gamer. Look out. Angry <laughs> yeah. Gamer. Yep. It dropped a number a- of angry Game engine ET, that's me. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. You know, talking to you guys one of the things that I love the most is um as as I won't try and, and falsify my bona fides, you guys have me beat in every capacity when it comes to gaming. But I, I love the the industry. I, I I hesitate to say love the hobby because people always take the word hobby to be so lightweight. But I mean, I just I, I appreciate the medium as an art form. I appreciate everything about uh, the experience and the culture. And talking to you guys makes me just remember those things that got me interested and sucked in in the first place. You know, for me, one of my favorite gaming memories mm-hmm. to. Uh, yeah is those nights at, at James's apartment landing halo. Like, Uh, Oh my (laughs) God. I don't, I don't think that that could be replicated. Eddie, you were talking about never getting to have that experience again. I don't know that, that we'll ever have those experiences again. It's a completely different thing. It's great to play online, but man, when you have like, four or five guys who are lugging CRTs into an apartment you know and mm-hmm. looked, yep. oh my god those were but some playing in life. different rooms in the same yeah, house in
1: different <laughs> <rooms>. <laughs> cables running all over the place and yep. it's like it might be set up by 9 p.m and you know that <laughs> shit's not breaking up until like 3 a.m oh yeah like yeah, yeah. no that's that that's that. unlikely to ever be replicated it, but. It,
2: it's like uh my parents when they had their you know bi-weekly or weekly uh, mahjong parties at their house you know they would always yeah. play at a you know a certain time and play until three in the morning and it'd be loud
1: so nice you know
2: for me so living what, in that happening? house trying to sleep you, forget, knew you weren't getting any sleep forget, that night forget about <laughs> it just think of it as a uh, rushing water <laughs> that's, that's kind great, of great
1: though it like, is that it's makes kind me of really yeah. happy <laughs> like that's such an. I think it the fact that like what might otherwise be perceived as like kind of a you know a little bit of a button down and conservative culture otherwise yeah, that there's still a value in that kind of yes get together you know what I mean that like you need to lock it in you need to sit center- around you know you need that all get together and plug into this thing and just let it out for like four or five hours. Like Mm -hmm. that's amazing to me.
2: It is. It is. (laughs) And in an intimate setting, not like an arcade or anything like that. It's just Mm -hmm. you and your buddies and people go crazy, start shouting, do (laughs) pushups the whole Mm day.
0: It's very familial. You yeah. know, it's it's great. And those quotes, you know, echo through time. Oh yeah. Um Natalie, who uh we talked before we started the show, Eddie, uh um, yeah. she has even picked up We Die Together.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
2: <laughs> Halo, my favorite saying with the sticky uh, bombs.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eddie had a knack for, <laughs> even if, even if somebody had the drop on him, he would still wind up inevitably landing a sticky grenade on you <laughs> and just taking you with him.
2: Yep. And it was oh. weird because I couldn't shoot a gun to save my life, but those sticky bombs, I don't know how, <laughs> but I could use them <laughs> for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> Can you
0: can you give us a, a we died together right now that we can uh, yes. use later? Yes, we died together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we died together. <laughs> oh, oh man, good so stuff. Good. Yep. <sighs> Alrighty, well, hey guys, um, yeah. we're gonna kind of start to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. But okay. before we do, um, why don't you guys give us one more pitch? Recap what your show is going to be about, the frequency of your show. Um, what what we can expect to see as it debuts this October the 19th, the one-year anniversary of the Ruminations Radio Network, and then hit us with your socials, where they can find you.
1: So, Oh God, It Hurts is a bi-weekly catch-up between two friends on either side of the Pacific Ocean, who will get together, discuss the current state of gaming, um, the elder memories of gaming that they have and how those things sort of connect and how experiences we had before still color how we perceive gaming today. Um, You know, it's meant to be a bit of a cooler take on things overall. And it is hosted by myself, JJJ, the six button samurai along with my co-host, Mr. Game agent, ET Eddie Tang.
2: Yes. And you can uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at game
1: Agent ET. And you can find me on Instagram at super barrio Kart with a K.
0: Awesome. Very eloquent. That's great. Um, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, so out there ruminators, please, please, please check out this show. I have, I, I, I'm gonna uh, play elitist for a minute. I'm lucky enough that I've already had a chance to listen to the first four episodes. You guys do not want to miss it. It's hilarious. It's fun hearing two friends catch up and chat and talk and and have these conversations. It, you you feel like you're part of it. You feel like you're right there with them. And you know you're gonna remember and and wa- well, memories washing over you as well, thinking about the things you'll you'll relate. So check it out. Uh, don't forget to check out the Ruminations Radio Network, if you can, and Instagram. Also, you can check us out at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Twitter is at RuminationsN. You can also email us all your hate mail to RuminationsRadio at gmail.com. And if you hate us just enough, or love us, you can also help us keep creating this content, support small business at Patreon.com backslash RuminationsRadio. James, Eddie, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm really excited for your show.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks for having
0: us. Thank you. Yeah, We're excited. Oh, man, I'm so excited. All righty, and that's going to be it, Ruminators. Have a great rest of your week or your night or your day or whatever time you're listening to this. And don't forget, let a smile be your umbrella.
2: from the Red Room, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. If you
1: like this cast or want to find some other great topics, join me, Hoptimus, host of the Retro Futurist Culture, for great discussions on all things retro future. Check it out and all of our other awesome podcasts at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.